And the first item is uh, approval of the minutes of July 6th. Do I hear any comments, motion, et cetera? Anybody out there? Yep. So Craig's raised his hand. I'll unmute him. I'd move to approve the minutes. Is there a second? This is John Stark. Whether I second the motion. Okay. Moved and seconded. All in favor, please say aye. Or are we just going to say, uh, if nobody does anything, we'll assume everybody is in favor? Um. Yes, let's do it as follows. So, Carrie, I would say we have no hands raised in objection, so motion passes unanimously. Correct. So if someone were to have a comment or wanted to make a correction or other comment, they should raise their hand and state that. Otherwise, if it's regarding the vote, if they raise their hand, we assume that that is a nay vote rather than a, a yay. So the okay. motion passes unanimously. Okay, so motion, yeah, good. So now we're, we're in the uh, variances group, and I just want to know if anybody has a disclosure or recusal. How do we want to handle that? Anybody with a disclosure or recusal should raise their hand to do so now. Seeing none. Okay. No disclosures or recusals. Very good. Then let's move on to item number one, 1501 Monroe Street. Somebody is here for that, I understand. So, um, all right. So I'm going to ask to unmute Jeff here. You're presenting on item number one. Uh, all of the items which you submitted in your application packet are available for individuals through the Legistar link. I also have them to be able to put up on the screen if you want to reference them. Before you start, I'll just open here to bring everybody into alignment. The application for variance is for the property at 1501 Monroe Street. I'll, I hate to cut you off, but I'm for two. <laughs> but I don't, don't want you to get too far down oh. the road here. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. Um, You're looking for Ron Sigelko. There we go. Sorry about that. Ron, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Okay. Uh, so now I have you unmuted to be able to speak on this. Uh, I'll go back to, to opening here. It's for the property at 1501 Monroe Street. Uh, this is commonly known as Hotel Red. There is a project application that is going to be adding an addition to the building. Uh, they're going to be adding an additional three stories to the existing four-story building. Because they are adding three stories to the four-story building, they now trigger the high-rise uh, requirements in the building code, one of which is uh, contained in Chapter – well, all are contained in Chapter 4 of the IVC. Uh, but specifically, they're looking for a variance from the IBC uh, provisions set forth in 403.4.6, which require a fire command center to be installed in accordance with Section 911 of the code. Um, 
I'll let you speak to specifically the areas that you're looking for here. Um, but uh, it's my understanding, based on your application here, that uh, you're looking to put the fire command center on the ground floor level as opposed to in a uh, fully separated room. The fire department did issue a position statement in support, uh, so we do have that available as well. But with that being said, I'll let you open it up if you want to make your presentation and then field any questions that we might have from the board. If okay. you want your documents to be presented up on the screen, I can certainly do so. Please just uh, reference that for me. Okay, thank you. Um, well, as is laid out in the application, um, we are um, we did uh, enter into a high-rise uh, uh, designation on the project where we're barely we're a low low high-rise basically, and we worked to try to get under that. Uh, that uh, height, which was just not uh, doable. So uh, working with Bill Sullivan on uh, the primary uh, issue that is very difficult, if not impossible to comply with, with the uh, fire command center would have required eliminating um, support spaces, probably the general manager's office on the first floor of the building. And with the addition of 41 more guest rooms and other facilities. Um, the, the already short support uh, spaces there have become even more um, uh, difficult to deal with. Um, so uh, what we asked for is uh, um, addressing the uh, all the fire command functions, but not within an enclosed room. So they would be uh, readily visible and accessible from the main lobby. Um, all the the layout and so forth, just as with the enclosed fire command center, would be uh, further um, submitted and approved by the fire department, as is normally the case in a, in a high-rise fire command center. Um, so if you looked, if you could pull up the floor plans, um, and look at the, uh, the first floor plan. Yes. So um, what uh, down towards, um, yeah, if you go to the left a little bit, there's an existing office. Um, it would basically take that office and most of the office just south of there um, to create a, a fire uh, Fire command center that complies with the code requirement for size and and dimensions and so forth. So what we proposed was um, providing all those facilities within the lobby, um, which um, the fire department was okay with. They said that uh, that would serve their needs. Um, it doesn't really impact the safety of the guests in the hotel and um, that enables us to uh, to maintain those office functions that support the hotel. So um, that's really the only thing that we're asking for. All the other high-rise requirements would be would be complied with as required in the building code. It's kind of a unique situation because the uh, the fire apparatus link. Uh, goes along 
basically the entire Monroe Street facade, which is at the top of the drawing, and then down about two thirds of the way down Monroe Street. It's all within uh, under the 75 foot uh, threshold for uh, high rise, but the last third on the, the diagonal on Monroe Street dips below that 75 foot height. So technically we are, we are a high rise, despite the fact that most of the building uh, is under that elevation. Yeah, if I can, uh, can you everybody hear me? Am I on? Yep, you're on, Jim. Okay. Um, my thought here is that, um, you know, this is really largely a fire department matter. I guess there's nobody from fire department with us right now. No, unfortunately, Bill Sullivan is not available this week. Okay, but but I am trying to look for uh, their explanation of this because to me it's critical. If they think it's completely safe for their purposes, uh, that means a lot to me because um, I don't see any building prop safety issues that this necessarily would bring up. I mean, there's nothing in this room that needs to be fire rated or protected. Is that, that's what would be my question. I assume those are not fire protected rooms. So um, I assume that's not an issue. Yeah, Bill, Bill Sullivan in his uh, position statement, and I think spells out there thoughts on on the issue which is on the screen right now yes he's saying this allowance does not reduce slash impact the safety of occupants so from fire standpoint it's not a safety issue they're satisfied with the function and from a building code perspective i don't see any uh safety impact either. Does anybody else see this differently or have a question? Lou, you have a question? Okay. Yeah, I got it. Is the lobby staffed full-time? Yes, it is. That was it. That was all my question. Anybody else have any questions or comments? And if not, does anybody feel they can make a motion here? John? Yeah, this is John Starkweather. I move to approve the variance. And Craig? Second that. So to, cl to clarify here, John, the, the motion is to move to approve the variance application as written, which <laughs> yeah, 
don't know if there's anything in yeah. the fire department statement that adds to what was said in the request for variance. But are requesting a variance from the fire command center required as? Um, I, I think just for the purposes of clarity on this here, the variance application says, but are requesting a variance from the fire command center required by 403.4.6 as defined in section 911. So um, the, the variance specifically here has to do with the location as defined in section 911 of the IBC. So I would expect that the if the motion is to approve the application, it would be to approve the approve the variance uh, with the fire panel location as located on the plan submitted. Does that, that make sense? Is that suitable, John? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So it, then it. Can can and Craig, you still second it, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so moved and seconded. If anybody objects, they should uh, do so now. Otherwise, we'll assume you're in favor. Okay, seeing no hands raised, the motion passes unanimously. Okay, very good. Thank you for coming to this wonderful meeting downtown, and we will move on to item number two. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Item number two. All right. Let me pull up the agenda here again quickly. 9604 Willrich Street. And... Jeff, we're going to go ahead and unmute you, which you are. All right, so we have an application for 9604 Will Wilrick Street. Uh, the applicant is seeking a variance from the 2015 IBC section 1006.2.1 uh, requiring exits, requiring two exit or exit doorways from any space in an R2 occupancy with a load, occupant load exceeding 10 individuals. Um, they're seeking specifically a permission to increase the allowable occupant load to 15 for individuals for a single exit pathway. Uh, this is the same code section and, and topic that was con actually considered for variance at our previous meeting. Uh, the situation is slightly different here in that uh, the previous um, Application for variance uh, sought to, I believe, increase the occupant load up to 20, as well as the previous building was being built on top of an existing building with constraints in design. Uh, with that being, this is a completely new building or, or to be built as a new building. And so with that being said, Jeff, I'll open it for you to make your presentation. Again, I have everything in your application. If you want me to show something on the screen, please, um, direct me to do so and I'll, and I'll be happy to bring it up. Would it make sense to show the sketch, Kyle? Because that kind of... Yeah, I think typically it will. So let me go ahead and get that set up. Okay. And then... All right. Is this the floor plan that you're referencing here, Jeff, that you'd like me to show? Yes, sir. Thank you. 
All right. Um, I, uh, as you saw, I'm Jeff Rustic with Schuler and Associates. I'm a building designer, I'm a professional, supervising professional rather for the proposed apartment building at 9604 Wilrick Street. I uh, just want to summarize our petition. As Kyle mentioned, we are looking for relief from 2015 IBC section 1006.2.1. Um, we feel there is some ambiguity of this code section, whether that maximum occupant load is 10 or 20 in this situation. The city plan reviewer has ruled that the maximum occupant load is 10 for our case. Uh, and our proposed occupant load is 15. We are petitioning to use the same code section from the 2018 IBC, where the maximum occupant load is more clearly indicated as 20 for our circumstance. Um, at this point in the approval and construction process, it wouldn't be possible to redesign the building in a way that would not have a negative impact on the end units without changing the building footprint. Uh, such a change in redesign would cause extended delay in the construction schedule, impacting contractor obligations and leasing commitments. Um, we did get an early foundation and footing uh, permit. Those footings and foundations are essentially complete. We didn't consider this to really be a risk because we've consistently designed, submitted, and approved uh, one or two apartment buildings a year in communities throughout the state of Wisconsin, all with the same basic exiting condition. Um, uh, importantly to us, it does not appear that this is a life safety concern, as the proposed exiting condition is allowed in the 2018 IBC. Also at the suggestion of Fire Protection Engineer Bill Sullivan, a smoke detection system will be installed throughout all public corridors in the building. Thank you, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay, thank you. I will say that, you know, from what, everything you said, my take on this, and I'm sorry I, that I missed the last meeting, which was on a similar topic, as Kyle pointed out. Uh, it seems to me, you know, a uh, it's really not, we're not going to grant a variance because somebody's construction schedule is going to be messed up. You know, that's not enough as a board for us to grant a variance in my estimation. But I think in this case, the overriding uh, issue is simply that we looked at something similar last week. Again, I missed that, but I know it was unanimously approved. It's a rather similar, you know, the, the, the specifics are different, but the intention, I think, is very similar in that your argument is that the 2018 code not only allows up to 20, but it clarifies something that was clearly, un <laughs> clearly unclear in the 2015 code. So that's the way I would approach this variance and looking at it being reasonable. So that's my opening comment. Anybody else want to comment on this one? Especially those of you who were there last 
week, I think it was, for that, that meeting. Greg? Yeah, I guess, um, and the most important thing being the fire department position statement that goes along with the application for the variance uh, last week and this week, being in support of it. So, so you're saying, yeah, you're, you're seeing it also the way I saw it or see it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Others? Well, let me ask this. The way I characterized what happened last week, was that pretty accurate, that people felt that the 2000, because the 2018 version uh, permits this, and that the controversy of the 2015 code was clarified in the 2018 code, that we should be looking at that clarification. Plus, on top of that, I assume, as you say, Craig, the fire department doesn't see an issue. Uh, is that good characterization of it or not? Yes, Craig. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty much how it unfolded. So based on that, um, does anybody else have any comments, or would anybody like to make a motion? Anyone? John? Yeah, so um, on the same page as uh, Craig and Jim, and I would just make a motion uh, to approve the variance, and uh, I'll leave it to others if they want to fine-tune the, the motion. Yeah, um, I'll just kind of going to go to something that we talked about last week which I think is just important to identify here is that the application for variance was an application to expand the occupancy limit, not to apply the 2018 code. The 2018 code was used as the justification and the rationalization for use of discussion, but the variance application was to expand beyond the allowable uh, number, which is 10 when we're talking about multiple units. And so in this instance, you have 15, a total occupant load, a total occupant load of 15 spread out over two units here. So a motion in support of this would be for a motion to increase the occupancy limit to a set number, 15 or 20. I believe 20 was the number used, that was used last week, but. Because we are making the assumption that, let's just say in this case, the city's interpretation of this code section, it says 10 maximum. That's the city's interpret standing interpretation. That's correct. Okay. Is that clear to everybody? 
And is that suitable for you, John, still? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's been moved. Is there a second? Craig? I would second. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. All in favor, be silent. And anybody who objects uh, should uh, raise their hand. Seeing no objections, the motion passes unanimously. Okay. So I believe that is it for our agenda. I'm going to go back to the agenda here, but I believe that's it. Am I correct, Kyle? Those are the two items on the agenda for today. Okay. So the next motion would just be to adjourn. John? Yeah, I just wanted to raise a quick point of order, which is that, and I totally appreciate what Carrie was saying in terms of um, it's easier uh, the way that we did it today. But as the attorney on the board, I have a slight preference for people making an affirmative uh, action to indicate their assent to a motion as opposed to the assumption of assent in the absence of a hand being raised. Because if, for example, um, you know, you, you can't see what people are doing behind the scenes. And so uh, if someone did have an uh, objection, but they, they couldn't uh, push the button to raise their hand, it just seems procedurally a little bit preferable from my perspective to actually sure. raise. And so I just, the, the board is welcome to take whichever method they prefer. Um, I made that suggestion uh, basing on other other committees, um, specifically plan commission and uh, urban design based on what they've been doing for their public hearings like this. So, I admit. yep, I would say then uh, at our next meeting, the board can choose to take whatever action it'd like to towards voting um, if it, if you found it to be most desirable, the, the easiest way would be, I suppose we could always just record everything via a roll call vote, um, going down each of the members and having them affirm uh, vote yay or nay. Uh, we could always do that, which would of course then record each individual person. I, I would say cause, because we're a pretty small board here, um, I, I'm gonna say that uh, my preference would be to go with what John says so that I can see that I know somebody's not having technical difficulties, having had technical difficulties myself, <laughs> you know, on a previous meeting. Um, I think it would be more comforting to see the hands go up, for example. So if sure. that's okay, I would suggest our next meeting be that way unless uh, anything else changes in the world. Sure. Randy, you had your hand up. You wanted to. I'd agree. Based on what Jim was saying, too, just being one of the older people with more technical difficulties, just felt uncomfortable not being able to actually affirm it, the vote. Okay. We can certainly take that into consideration for, for our next meeting. Well, thank you for that discussion. I assume 
We are already adjourned technically, though. Uh, we have not had a vote yet. Oh, so. we didn't have a vote yet. Okay, good, because this shouldn't be done off record, I suppose. So, okay, so has it been seconded? No. Okay, so did anybody make a motion? I think somebody did. Let's start over. Does anybody move uh, uh, that we finish this meeting? <laughs> uh, this is John Stark, whether I move to adjourn. Okay. Um, I second it. Okay, move to second it. Unless you are, okay, should we now put your hand up to sure. vote yes? Let's, let's try it. Uh, If I can figure out how to put my hand up. <laughs> okay, it looks like uh, everybody uh, but you. Oh, I thought I. There we go. It okay, is unanimous. I, I thought I had it up there. I think that means we are adjourned. Thanks, everybody. We are adjourned. Thank you very much.